If you found your places in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll start in verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Look at verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come again this morning. We're thanking you, Lord for your, all your grace and your blessings to us of life. Father, may this time, Lord, may you show your power. And through the Holy Spirit, Father, draw us to you. Lord, teach us. Father, for your words are eternal. They fade not away. And Father, may we just be instructed and see your glory in them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The message, the title of the message today is God's Rewards of Faith Are Evident. Now there's two statements I want to look at in Hebrews chapter 11. Many of you all know this chapter as the Hall of Faith, not like the Hall of Fame, but it's, uh, we're going to be talking primarily about faith today. But there's two statements which this makes. One, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anything other than faith does not please God. Any kind of human effort, human manufacturing, human engineering, human uh, engineering, anything except faith does not please God. Here's the second statement that we see through here. The promises which we hope for God makes it evident to us who believe. God will make it evident to you that they are real and they are coming. And that's a reward. 
God rewards those. The evidence, now get this, the evidence is visible to us of the promises from an invisible God. We see the very visible evidence to us of God's promises, though he's invisible. So in Hebrews chapter 11, that's where he starts. In verse 1. It's a beautiful chapter. So we're going to dissect chapter, or verse 1 for here for a little bit because this is going to help us with the rest of what we're going to talk about tonight. Is to have a proper definition of faith. Understand faith. Understand what is true faith. What, is it, what kind of faith is it that pleases God? Because that's imperative. He says, now faith, in verse 1, is the substance of things hoped for. Now, substance means it's composite. It's the stuff it's made of. It's its makeup. Faith is the composite. It's the makeup. It's, it's all its parts of what we hope for. What do we hope for? Well, we hope for God to save us, don't we? We hope that God will not have wrath on us. We hope in the promises of all of that God has made, the resurrection. How much comfort we gain knowing that God's promises of the resurrection, He'll raise our bodies from the dead. And that we have, uh, he, because He has achieved victory over the grave, so have I. So the faith which I have in the Lord is made up of the things which I hope for in His promises. Faith is also, so that's the substance of faith. That's the makeup of faith. Faith is also the evidence of things not seen. Evidence, in that word, the Greek there, it is the proof of a test. Or it's a conviction. Some of the other Bible translations make it conviction, but I, it could be either. Uh, it could be the proof of a test. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. So God rewards us it, through faith with things we clearly see. They become self-evident to us, although they're not visible. Isn't that something? That's faith. And without that, it is impossible to please God. So much so that in verse 2, we see that the elders gained a good report. They believed in the promises of God. The results of the promises of God were so real that I don't know why you can't see them, but I clearly do. That God is returning. God is calling His sheep to Himself. One day the trumpet will come, the blast, and all the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those who remain shall meet Him in the air. And He is coming because He's victorious. He's our conqueror. What a, what a demonstration. You know, a lot of people just don't believe the Bible. They don't believe the Bible. That's where it starts. I mean, I can give you Scripture all day, but if you don't believe the Bible... Now here's what I say to them. How is it going to hurt you if you're wrong? 
What if the Bible's true? What if you're completely wrong? And what the Bible says about you is eternity being punished for your sins against God. Look at what God has designed and made and proclaimed as a stage for the glory of his son and his righteousness and his redemption and his victory over sin. His victory. What a cosmic stage. God has made everything so big, yet we are on this small little tiny speck. You know that there are more estimated to be more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand in all the beaches of all the world and all the deserts of all the world. But yet this is the only one that has a life that we know of. This is the only one where God created man. And this huge cosmic stage is just a backdrop to the glory of Christ. I mean, yes. And now we've come to understand, well, what pleases God? Faith. Faith pleases God. Now, I want to define faith really quick. And I love this. And Many times I have given this definition before, so bear with me if, if you know this definition. But in the Greek, there's one word for faith. It's pistuo. It takes three English words to describe what faith is. First of all, faith, as we read through the Word of God, faith, first of all, is believing in revealed truth. That's, that's the first part of faith is you believe in what the Word of God has said to you. You believe in the words of Christ. John eleven twenty six says, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe thou this. That's Jesus' statement. Do you believe? Do you believe in the record, in the testimony which Jesus gave of himself? Secondly, not just belief, but trust. Faith involves trusting God. In Mark 4.40 it says, And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? The same word, pastuo. When they were tossed around to and fro on the seas. He says, Why are you so fearful? They did not trust. So faith doesn't just involve believing revealed truth, but trusting in Jesus. The third part of pastuo, faith, is obedience. Faith produces obedience. Obedience is the result of the first two, believing and trusting. James said this in James chapter 2, 40, or 14 through 22, he says, faith without works is dead. The works are a testimony of your faith. Now think about that. He says, you believe God. You believe there's one true God. Well, that's, that's good. But even the devils believe in Jesus. Even the devils believe what Jesus said. Even the, the devils believe in Him. And they tremble. And He says, faith without obedience, faith without works is like looking into a mirror. So you see, but then you walk away. 
not fixing anything, not acting on what you see. Faith de uh, demands obedience. Now, I've always given this uh, illustration. Brother Ron comes to me one day and he goes, Brother Philip, I just bought you a brand new black Cadillac CTS. It's right out there in the parking lot, and here's the keys. All you have to do is walk outside and take it. Okay, I believe you, brother. I believe you. But what if I just sit there, and I don't take the keys, and I don't follow up, I don't actually put my belief into action? I don't actually demonstrate that I truly believe what Ron said. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. There's no way. So, yeah. Now, if I just sat here and, and did nothing, I knew what he said, and I believed him, but I didn't walk out there. Did I really believe him? That's what the whole thing with James and we, we don't want to confuse James when he says we're justified by works. What that means is the works are an evidence of true faith. Yes. By me going out and claiming that car, that showed that I truly did believe him. Now, I'm going to keep the metaphor going here for a minute. By me walking out there, because I walked out there, is that why Ron gave me his car? Ron didn't show, Ron didn't give me a gift because of my ability to walk out there. He gave me a gift because he loves me. And he says, I, there's a need in his life. And he provided. That's the faith which we have in God. That's the three faiths. Believing, trusting, obeying. All three are in the definition of pastuo. That's faith. It's not just, uh, Dad used to always say that, that he, you know, if you stand there at the edge of a cliff, and there's a, you might have heard this, who knows where he got it, it may, it may be old school. Uh, he said, there's a man there with a wheelbarrow and a tightrope going to the next edge of the cliff, and he says, all right, jump in the wheelbarrow, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wheel you across this tightrope on this wheelbarrow and to the other side. And I'd be like, ah, no thank you. And he's like, what's wrong? Don't you believe me? Oh, yeah, I believe you. But I'm just not going to do that. So did I really believe him? And so we see that that is the third evidence of faith. Because we see it throughout here. Chapter 11, come back with me to verse 7. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen... As yet, what did he do? He moved with fear. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. All of that hard work of Noah building that ark. Just think about that. 120 years. Right? I'm just being mocked, being ridiculed. Nobody, was, nobody on earth was on board. Nobody except his family. All that time, every time he pounded a nail into that ark that demonstrated his faith in God. Every work that he did just, just demonstrated he must believe something. 
There must be something going on where he believes it. Abraham's the same way. Joshua's the same way. All right, so we're going to get to this in chapter 11, I, verse uh, 3. What does God do? How does God make faith self-evident? Well, first of all, we understand. Verse 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were made of the things... I'm sorry, were not made of the things which do appear. Now, I've given this example many times. Have you ever heard of... Well, what's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of life? Have you ever stopped and asked yourself that question? What they're asking is, is I don't understand because there has to be more than what appears. That's what they're asking. What does it all mean? There has to be something more. There's got to be a cosmic plan. There's got to be something. Now, if you think about you know, I always bring up those who we see in our lives. As If you're one of God's people, you see this all around you. You, you have the same uh, issue that Solomon had. That You know, the Lord gave Solomon godly wisdom. And then uh, with that godly wisdom, all he did was see earthly foolishness <laughs> with the godly wisdom. But it makes you sad. It makes you sad to see people groping for answers, and never coming to them. Uh, think about like John Lennon. John Lennon, the, one of the singers for the Beatles, had everything. He had money. He had fame. He had fortune. Um, but if you know anything about the life of John Lennon, he was always searching for a bigger answer. He was always searching for that meaning of life. So he went and experimented in all these different ways and the different cults, different religions, drugs, alcohol, uh, humanitarianism. He thought there's got to be a solution. There's got to be something to keep my soul at peace about why I'm here on this cosmic scale. Surely, I'm not just here to be who I am. There's got to be, and then I leave. And it meant nothing. So that John Lennon had come to that conclusion. So even, you know, he would be on LSD and looking into prisms of light and, and then everything like that. And it's a, his life is tragic. His mother was killed by a drunk driver at an early age and his dad left and he was always bitter. He always had this, this bitterness in him. And you know what's sad and what's at the same time, many of you all know this, or maybe uh, some of you were... Uh, alive during when he said this, but he said the Beatles had become more popular than Jesus Christ. And the fact of the matter is, is the answer to all of that, that lifelong of misery and searching escaped his very lips. And he didn't even see it. He didn't even recognize it for what it was. He was looking for the meaning of life. What is out there? There's something invisible. There's something going on. There's, there's got to be a bigger purpose. And here's the, here's the thing. And if you're saved today, you know what the meaning of life is. 
Because God has given it to you. God has given you understanding. By faith we understand. That's what it says in verse 3. By faith. It's a gift of God that He has, he has settled our minds on purpose. He has settled our minds on why we're here. Where do we come from? Where are we going? Isn't that great joy? Isn't that assurance? That you're in a, you're in a much, much bigger plan of God's. Much bigger. And we get the opportunity to make just a small little, uh, if the Lord can use me to serve Him in any way, my pleasure is to bring glory to God. I mean, think of so many examples. So many examples. So many. I mean, the Lord may use somebody in a big way for five seconds of their whole life. And that was the plan all along. Oh, praise God. He used me for five seconds. We should praise the Lord that He uses us at all to reach uh, the lost. God in His love and mercy and by His good pleasure revealed the answer to you that kings have always searched for. Those who have had all the money in the world can't find. God's revealed to you but His grace. Now, the Lord said, Fear not, little flock. It is in the Father's good will to give you the kingdom. Isn't that marvelous? And that we can praise God that we don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to worry about death. We don't have to worry about how, how are we going to survive tomorrow. Oh, we know as God's people that we are safe Safe in the arms of Jesus. You know, not only do we learn by faith to lean on the everlasting arms, by faith we know we're in the everlasting arms. And there He leads us and guides us. Those who do not know God do not understand the composite or the makeup of life. They don't understand the invisible. They're led to believe they're random. They're a random mishap. And I want to ask this. To those under the sound of my voice, are you really here for no greater reason than why you're here? That's a question you're going to have to grapple with. People who do not believe the Word of God, people who do not believe that they're, you know, deep down we know that all know there's a God because of the revelation of creation and law within us. But being honest with yourself, do you really believe Amen. that of all the space we talked about and time that there is, that you as a self-aware person, this very insignificant small person who was born in time and space, in a very specific space, you could not have been born anywhere else in any of the space that exists. You had to be born here. For this short amount of time, do you really believe that the whole purpose of your life is to go to elementary school, go to junior high school, go to high school, go to college, get married, have children, have a career, and then die? That's it. People who do not come to, people who the Lord has not shown that knowledge, 
Now, for us, it's easy to take for granted sometimes. The Lord has given you knowledge that the world does not have. The world has given you understanding of reward. And that understanding of God, that understanding of the scope, that understanding of who He is, is very visible, isn't it? Even though we don't see Him, we can clearly see the evidence of who He is. And what amazing reward. Verse 3. Oh, I'm running out of time and I'm just getting started. So, uh, somebody go get some lunch and we'll, and we'll keep going. Verse 4. So not only does He give us understanding, I, I do want to give you these points, but God gives us another fruit of faith. God grants us to, to us an inward testimony of the Spirit and an outward testimony of to those who are here and those who we leave here. Another reward of faith. Another evidence. God gives you an inward testimony. Our spirit beareth witness with His Spirit that we are the children of God. Not only an inward testimony, but He gives you an outward testimony to people who are here and to the people who you leave behind. That's what he says. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness, that inward witness, that he was righteous. Oh, what a beautiful gift. We don't have to guess that if we're pleasing God. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, the be, I'm sorry, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel's faith speaks to me. Does it speak to you? Abel's not alive. He's not been alive for a while. But it's still a testimony to me. So not only did this, the Holy Spirit witness to Abel within Abel, but it also witnesses to me. And that's where he gets that, seeing how we're so surrounded by a great cloud of witness. Uh, honestly, I don't believe that's talking about witnesses in the sky. It's fine if you do believe that. I believe it's talking about witnesses that are watching you today. Seeing how we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, we long for that testimony which Abel had. We long for that testimony which Enoch had. By faith, Enoch, in verse 5, was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Here's the verse. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I don't really have a time to unpack verse 6, but I mean, you can see it for the treasure it is right there. If you, if you meditate on that, uh, you're going to see a lot of, if this, is, if this is true, then this must also be true, right? If without faith it is impossible to please him, why? What is faith? It's coming to God believing that He is and who He is. What is unbelief? Unbelief is believing God is not who He is or who He says He is. If A is true, so must B. If faith is coming to God believing that He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, then what's unbelief? It's got to be you don't believe. 
How many times do we, I mean, even saved people get tripped up in just the overwhelming visuals that we have. And so many of us, we, what do we do? We repent. We ask the Lord to help our faith. Give us more faith. Um, so many times you could get overwhelmed with something and it seems the visual is winning. It seems the visual is more dominant. And you ascribe more power over you to the things which you see versus more power to God over those things. When you ascribe more power to God, then you believe that He is. And not only that, He is more real than the circumstance that you're in. Like I said, that's a deep part. I didn't mean to do a flyby on it, but hopefully you go home and you study verse 6. But what God trans or God awards us this inward testimony and this outward testimony, how the blood of Abel speaketh. Um, you know, when I was being raised, you know, mom and dad, and um, dad had his stories, and mom had her stories, and I well, I, I was under dad's. Uh, I was dad pastored for a while, and he would always talk about his mother, and how his dad originally wasn't saved. I mean, my Paul, he wasn't saved, and uh, he said that he watched his mother every night in tears, praying that his dad would be saved. Every night. And so that spoke to him. Every night, he watched his mother pray and beg God to save his dad, and he did. And not only did he save his dad, but he called him to preach. And so dads will t talk about that story. You know, I don't know. I think maybe I was a baby. I don't really have any memory of my mamma. None. None. I, I don't know my grandparents at all. But her testimony speaks to me as if I was there. To this day, that testimony speaks to me. Same thing with mother and all the stories she would tell uh, of raise, being raised in, in a godly home. So not only does the, the Lord give you by faith, the evidence is not only an inward testimony, but the testimony which you leave behind to others will speak. How is your testimony speaking? Those are, that's pretty harsh. But that's where you've got to start. That's where, that's where you really got to start. You got to be honest with yourself. Lord, help me to have a better testimony. What is going to be said about me when I'm gone? You know, um, this beautiful picture, and I didn't get as far as I wanted to, but we see as we go back to our definition really quickly of faith. If you don't walk away with anything, walk away with this. Those three aspects of faith. Believing, revealed truth. Trusting, trusting in Him. And obeying. You believe the Lord so much, it moves you to obey. It moves you. You, you, you don't just sit back and have faith. As James said, uh, faith without works is dead. If you have no evidence of faith, if you have no works of faith, if you have no fruits of the Spirit, it's not enough that you believe because your belief 
as then we see, is in vain. It's not real. If it were real, it'd move you. Because that's what we see by faith, Noah being warned of God, what did he do? He moved. I love this by Abraham, and then we're done. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. Now, real short history of Abraham. Who was Abraham before God called him and told him to leave? He was an established name. He was a household name. He was rich. He had inheritance. He was known in the community. Now imagine this being you, okay? You're in your neighborhood. People know who you are. Some people may. Some, it depends on your personality. So they know who you are. You have a home. You're, you're filling your home with stuff, right? You, you have your career. You have worked so hard all your life to get all this stuff in your house. People know who you are. But what happens? But what happens? God teaches Abraham a lesson. Oh, this, this is not our home. This is not our home. We're just passing through. We are very temporarily here. Very temporarily. God gives Abraham that lesson. And that, this is the lesson. He told Abraham, all right, leave. Now imagine God going to you today and saying, leave. You're too comfortable. I got to remind you this isn't permanent. This is not all there is going to be. So what did Abraham do to even enforce the lesson more? And I'm not a camper, so I especially learned this lesson. In verse 9, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, well, he's not known anymore, dwelling in tabernacles. In tents. Here's this billionaire dwelling in tents in a strange place with his family. Uh, if somebody were to look at him and walk by, boy, what happened to him? What a loser. Why? He had, what, I mean, didn't he really fall? Well, I mean, did he go bankrupt? Well, why is he out here in the tent? He had all this stuff. He had all this prestige. He had all this respect. Look at verse 9. Abraham dwelled in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And what did they resolve themselves. What did they rest in? For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I want to trade it all in, Lord, because this is not my home. Look, you need to read the endurance in here. This just wasn't a weekend trip. This was for the rest of Abraham's life. He traded it in. And every day of his life, as miserable as it was, and like I said, I'm not a camper. Unless there's an air conditioner, I'm miserable. As miserable, all the things he gave up. And here's the thing. You know, how many rooms do you think Abraham had in that old house to put stuff in? Think, think about this. How much stuff do you really need? Well, I need a bigger house so I can put more stuff in. How much stuff do you think Abraham was able to fit in that tent? Not a lot. 
Why do we labor for the stuff that's not permanent? Rather, we should labor for the stuff that is permanent and that will be in our Father's house. Our Father's house are many mansions. We're going to have rooms, all kinds of rooms, in glory. Let's start working to put stuff in there where it'll never rust. It'll never decay. That's the stuff that lasts, not this stuff. You might as well take all your stuff and give it away. I'm not saying do it. Don't misunderstand me. Don't come back in a month and say, Pastor, I did what you said. I sold everything. Cashed in my kids' college funds. And I just have a tent. And I'm like, well, that's not... Listen to what he's saying. Abraham. Abraham believed God. And he looked for that city. That was very evident to Abraham. Not the stuff that he was living in. Not, he's like, man, what is this? There's... And every day, every day, he held on to that. He held on to that. Oh, faith is the substance. It's the composite. It's the makeup of things hoped for. What do we hope for? We hope for in the promises of God. And it is the evidence of things not seen. I can see clearly the Lord's work. I can see clearly the Lord rewarding faith even though I cannot see right now the Lord. And I pray that that is you today, and I pray that you go home and ask the Lord to to help you. Father, help me to have the faith that I need to have. And Lord, just help me. There's many things that will come in your life. We see many challenges. I didn't get it scratched the surface of this. Many challenges that come in our life. We know that without faith it is impossible to please Him. And we know that when we put our hope in Him, it says our hope shall not be made ashamed because we will never be embarrassed for the faith we put in God because His love is shed abroad in our hearts. Oh, and what a blessing. That's a gift of God that He rewards us with even the day. Our Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for the day. Father, we come before You, Lord, just... There is no time, Father, that we could spend in any kind of time just scratching the surface of Your love and Your goodness to us. Father, how You have called us out of the miry pit. You have called us as a people into Yourself. Father, You have given us the Holy Spirit, quickened us, and made us see that it is by Your grace and Your mercy which You have provided salvation and the righteousness of Your Son. Father, Him have You lifted up and given a name above every name. Father, in His name, we shall be in glory forever, singing new songs. And Father, it's going to be the same old story that we all have loved. And that You have given us a love for it. Father, may we never forget to be thankful that You came to us and saved us by Your grace. Father, we pray for the ones who are here today, the ones who cannot be here today, those under the sound of my voice. Father, You know each heart. You know each need. And Father, we do pray that You'll do Your great work in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask Brother Ron and...